And that's where we're broadcasting from. It's Totobala, Soul Brothers. Uh, A-team is 13 minutes after 11. Benzito Ricozzo, DJ Man, thank you for getting us up and dancing. What a song, what a song. You've just taken me back, I think, to my mother's era, but I loved it. We're about to get into our family closet conversation. We talk about cultural practices of raising children. I'd love to hear from you as an A-teamer. What are some of the practices that you still follow or that you were raised up with that are cultural and you feel are relevant for this day and age or even those that have fizzled out because of us uh, taking the Western approach of raising our children? Um, please share with us 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 614 SMSs go to 41391. We will be joined by Dr. Mpumelelo Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. Let's welcome our A-team guest, Dr. Mpumelelo Ngube, HOD and Senior Lecturer at the Department of Social Work at the University of the Free State. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Ngube. Always such a great pleasure having you. It's always a pleasure, so Tore, you should be seeing my face as you're playing that song, Okanda Kanda Basenism Africa, Esgam Davia Davos. I'm smiling on my face. Thank you very much for welcoming me in that manner. Well, uh, let's thank Benzita. I'm glad that at least uh, we are talking about something that is not so heavy on the heart, but uh, uh, needs uh, to be uh, raised, and the music was just a good prelude for us. Dr. Ngobi. Some of our cultural practices are not being practiced anymore. So we are talking cultural practices of raising children. And in light of knowing that some, not even just raising children, generally, there are cultural practices that we we probably remember growing up with, but they are no longer um, practiced. So how can we still raise children in a cultural way uh, but we are here in this modern, westernized, uh, metropolitan lives that we live. Thank you very much, Totole, um, again for inviting me. Now we're looking at this topic. Uh, it is important for us to understand that we we are an evolving society. We evolve. There is no way in which we're going to be stuck in one place um, for a long time. We 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 move. But um, the main concern is that as we move, are we moving forward or are we moving backwards? You know, people who move forward, in most cases, they've got an understanding of who they are. Then they've got they've got an understanding of where they aspire to be. They've got their aspirations, and they start working towards those aspirations. What is of critical concern, especially amongst us as Africans, I may not talk much about other, you know, other, other, other races, but as Africans, is that we seem to have forgotten who we are, and we for, we don't even know where we're going, and we are not even concerned about how we're going, where we don't even know where we're going. So perhaps when we talk about this uh, and discuss all these different topics, we're trying to recenter ourselves 
I know it's just a, a minute effort, but we're trying to resend ourselves to try and say in our little effort, let's try and relook at ourselves. Let us let us try and have a, a look at ourselves in the mirror and say, who exactly are we? Here we are looking at cultural practices of raising children. There's quite a lot that we still still we are still practicing, but there's still quite a lot. There's quite a lot that we we've actually discarded. So it is important again to look at what is this that we've discarded? Are we meant to discard it? Why was it even there in the first place? When we're looking at culture, culture provides us or the individuals with a set of values and organizing principles on how to relate to one another and how to relate to the environment as they move towards their aspirations. So, 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 so that's that it is a guiding. Those are those are the guiding set of uh, principles. And once we discard this, we lose who we are. So, oh, there are quite a, in this discussion, we're going to talk about quite a lot of these things that we're, we're saying we've 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 lost by the wayside. Uh, and perhaps we need to resuscitate some of them. Of course, some of them they don't need to be resuscitated, but some of them need to be resuscitated for Charlie. So let's talk about those uh, that don't need to be resuscitated uh, first. Why shouldn't they be resuscitated and what are they? Um, of course, um, even the ATMs may call and indicate that there are certain practices that were done um, in their in their ethnic groups, perhaps that are not no longer relevant to this day. I can imagine in some areas um, in, in in Africa where young girls have to be genitally mutilated for whatever for whatever reason. So that, if you're looking at that, that is abuse uh, at the high of the highest order, and it is one that I'm thinking of that really is something that to this day we can't really say this is something that needs to be cherished because it does not add value to our to our culture to our culture but to to to, to us as a human as, as as humans as africans but perhaps somebody might want to call and say but why would you say it doesn't add value because you don't even know you're not even a, you don't belong to that particular culture that would be fine this is a space where we discuss and say but how does it add value and and what harm does it bring to an individual in such a way that it serves a greater purpose of the society. It might serve a greater purpose of the society, but on the other side, bring quite a lot of harm to an individual. So those are some of the discussions that we might um, want to look at. But the bulk, the majority of our cultural cultural practices, they actually are, are still relevant to this day, and they, they need to be looked at and seen how they can be practiced within this modern um, modern era and see how, how best we do it, having a, taken into cognizance some of the changes that have happened in our, in our, in our environment. A-teamers, do join in on the conversation and share with us what your cultural practices of raising children are um, and if your children are taking to them um, and then the impact they have and even those that have fizzled out over time but you still remember them. Please do share. There's a, a, a WhatsApp here that was sent to our number 0614104107 from Sebastian who says, Good evening, Ms. Nduli. I still put my hands behind my back when addressing elders in a public place platforms like banks. I give right of way to elders, pregnant women, disabled people, or people wearing a mourning robe. Um, So these are some of the things that uh, Sebastian was clearly taught as a child, and Sebastian still does them. So uh, some of these cultural practices are not something that is like out there. It's just in Tlonipo, perhaps. Respect. 
Yes, we're talking about basic etiquette. You'll realize again that the, we, as Africans, we, we are not homogeneous. There's quite um, multiple ethnicities. Uh, but now in general, what applies across, as you're indicating that uh, you, you're referring to respect, the basic etiquette especially when raising children. Come to think of, uh, of, of course, your, uh, the ATM are indicating that they put their hands around uh, or, or rather at their back when speaking to elders. That is a, a sign of respect to them. You'll remember that um, as we were growing up, even now, the children were, te- were teaching them that it is most important that when you're getting something or you're receiving something from an adult, from anyone, but particularly from an adult, use both hands to accept whatever you're being given. That is a sign of respect and is something that we need to teach our children but from time uh, from time if, if now and then you realize that children don't uh, haven't been uh, taught that especially nowadays you realize that a child doesn't mind uh, you know stretching just one hand sometimes it's even the left hand you never use your left hand to accept anything uh, from anyone bring both hands and accept that so these are, this is one thing that we need to be mindful of another thing so told you'll know that as a parent you have got your children but those who are pre- privileged to have, you know, bedrooms for parents. A a bedroom for a parent is a place, an area where children are not allowed to come in willy-nilly. So this this is something that children should be taught, that should there be anything that you need from a parent's bedroom, you ask for permission. Whether the bedroom is wide open, but you need to speak to your parent, you ask for permission, and then the the, the parent will give you the permission to go in there. They are protecting the child uh, such that if, you, you know, if you don't teach the child to do that, one day they might walk in only to find, you know, quite a lot of things that they were not meant to see. And in that way, you've damaged the child. You can never reverse that damage. You know, the other thing you will be looking at, self-respect. Children should be taught how to respect themselves, to be mindful of what they say to themselves, to be mindful of what they say to, 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 to elders, to parents. The things, the kind of language that they speak when they're speaking amongst themselves. See, in, in most cases, you might find that it has to change when they have to speak to, to parents. It's a sign of respect to parents. Always give respect to anyone who's your who's your elder, who's, a, who's, a, who's of the age of your parent, always give give respect to that. Children should be taught, um, so totally, these are basic etiquettes, to, when when say self-respect, to respect their bodies, you know, of, of late as you're walking anywhere where you're walking, we see children in campuses, we see children uh, in town, we see children in townships, you know, now they don't have the respect for their bodies. You realize that they hardly wear anything. And as they walk around, their bodies, they, you know, they, they are exposed. Anyone who wants to see whatever they want to see, in most cases, they get to see that. That is a lack of self-respect. It is important that a child, from the time they're growing, from, the, from a very tender age, they are taught that basic etiquette of respecting themselves. You know, they, we can go on and on, but imagine, again, when, when speaking or, or speaking to a parent, a parent is sitting down and they call a child to come to them. We were taught so totally, and it is a basic etiquette. When coming to a, child, a parent who has called you and the parent is seated down, you also need to find somewhere to sit and you get to listen to a parent. And when a parent is, speaks to you, you pay full attention. You can't be fiddling around, uh, fidgeting or watching TV or doing whatever the, the other thing is that might distract you. Pay full attention to your parent. That is most important, certainly. You know, I am reminded of um, a family I visited and uh, they are um, Yoruba from uh, Nigeria. When their children walked into the lounge to come and greet, they went on bended knees 
and, uh, and they're greeted. And that's what they are taught, that when an elder comes to greet you, you go on your knees. And I was very shocked. But I realized that it, it, the, the level of respect that we teach our children differs. But in these days, you know, uh, the, you walk into homes and children don't greet. Uh, Benzito was saying, you hear children saying to their fathers, yo, yo, hey, pops, hey, hey, what, what's up, what's up, what's up? And, and the father will respond because, hey, I mean, <laughs> we are now modern. But some of the things that we regard as cultural, I feel um, are, are not just cultural because we are African, but they are, they are cultural because we are human. Uh, there needs to be levels of respect and courtesy for various ages. But on the other hand, Dr. Nguyen, I think we've had this conversation before, you then find adults who do the same thing. The yo-yo-yoing to the kids, do it to each other, and you find an adult, um, if I greet them and I can notice that they're a bit older than me. And I use the prefix of saying, sisters banbani, no ma mama, no ma auntie. Just because I'm in my 30s, they are automatically offended and they say, no, don't call me that. Who said I'm your sister? Who said I'm your mother? But that person is probably like twice my age. So have, have we not perhaps been the ones who've lost it? culturally to so that we are not even able to teach our children these practices yes the reason why we are losing all this is because in most cases we don't talk about the value of these practices the value of these etiquettes in our in our being as a people as individuals and as a collective as a society we do not talk about the value now if you do not emphasize the value of this in most cases in no time you see this fizzling out um so totally it is important that when you are you are eating uh you close your mouth and you don't tell them why they have to close their mouth. In no time, they'll see, see no value in that. And you find them talking while eating. And then it, it's thrown out, uh, out the window. Here comes an adult, as you're indicating, somebody who's of, um, you know, who's your senior, and you're trying to show them respect. And now they're actually, you, you, you know, they're rejecting that. They, they don't want to be referred to as UCC or as Umama. Sometimes in townships, this person is old to be a sis. I'm supposed to be re 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 referring to this individual as umama. But I got what atwe umama. Because why, why why is that the case? It's because now the, the way in which we, we we live, that is not most likely to be the case in conservative societies. You go to mainly to a, in rural areas, you realize that they don't mind being referred to umama no more sis, um, depending on, on, on the age, um, you know, the seniority of that person. But in, in, in places such as townships where you've got this kaleidoscope of cultures and you know the exposure to different um, foreign cultures um, and when I say foreign in this case uh, mainly what we see on TV which is not African then you realize that the people tend to 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 relax let down the guard and want to mimic what other people do which which is not in favor of who they are as a people who and it's not in favor of their societal um, um, values so all this is, but it's all incumbent upon us to say, uh, again, go back to the center. That's why you're talking about uh, recentering ourselves, pressing this uh, reset button. Let's come back and say, why am I calling you a mom? Because a mom, because you are of the age of my mom. I'm calling you sister because you are at the age of my sister. So it does not allow me, it does not permit me to call you uh, as if you were of the same age. That is who we are for trust.
Atimas, share with us what are the cultural practices uh, that you're using to raise your kids or what were you uh, raised as? And I know, I mean, we come from various culture. I'd love to hear people tell us about the Afrikaans culture. Um, if you are from Zimbabwe and you're Shona, I'd love to hear. And Debele people, uh, Malawi, Mozambique, let's talk, let's talk. Congo, whoever is listening right now, Atimas, I'd love to hear. Let's share. We've got Atima Eugene on the line. Good evening, Eugene. Good evening, man. I, I have this to say. Uh, in, 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 in the future, God said, I'm the head of the man. And the, the man is the head of the woman. So now, in this, <coughs> this topic brings me to this situation that we as parents, we cannot talk as end as before because now our children were given rights so now when you a child about certain things that can build her we go to the money so these are some of the things that destroy our nation or we as Africans thank you Thank you very much, uh, Eugene, for the contribution. Um, you can come in, uh, Dr. Ngobe, on uh, Eugene's comment. Yes, um, thank you, Sotole, um, and thank you, Eugene. Buga, amalungelo are not necessarily a bad thing. Amalungelo are not necessarily, and in fact, they were enshrined or they were, they were actually promulgated so as to try and protect children because you realize that some of the things that were done to Abandwana Ingan in the name of, you know, raising our children, in the name of disciplining our children, was actually to a certain extent abuse, to a certain extent, not all of it. But then here is, um, you, you know, we now have got this regime of, uh, you, you know, um, a children's rights. These children's rights are meant to protect children. But there are certain rights that you, as the, as the, the head of your family, as Ubaba Wekala Wako, you've got Inganzako, you need to teach them that while these are the other rights, what are they meant to serve? And how do they actually assist them in their own life? There are certain rights that really, they actually detrimental to the children. And they are not actually meant to be the, the rights that you actually, you, you, you know, wave around and say, I've got this right, I can, I, I can use it. But actually, as we indicated previously, some of these rights are actually meant for the children who, who have failed, who have failed to be groomed by the system in which they are, they are raised in, they are free, failed to be groomed by their parents, by their societies, then the, 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 the kicks in the right that says, you know what, if you failed um, to listen to your parents, if you failed to listen to the society, then you've got this right in, in an attempt to try and, and protect you. For instance, the right to access condoms for a child at the age of 12. That is for a child who has failed and the parent has given up, the society has given up, then government can't give up uh, completely. It has to say, because you, you, you failed uh, to listen to your parents, to then try and use condoms so that you can protect yourself. Because if you don't protect yourself, you become a burden to the state. So it's not a right that we, you know, children need to be proud about. 
is something that says when a child hears that it's a matter of saying okay what is it that my parents will have loved to see of me irrespective of the kind of style that my uh, style of parenting that my parent has but ideally what will my parent will have loved to see of me um but as i indicated the way in which the child is being raised you know is it will advance that child and will assist the child to be independent in the future there are different types of parenting sort of perhaps that perhaps if time permits we may want to talk about um you know first we're looking at the authoritarian style of parenting of course the authoritative then of course the permissive all these they play a different role and we might want to touch on on them a bit in the show all right we'll definitely do so let's go to some uh, voice notes from our a-teamers Oh, good evening, Sister. I really, really concur with your guest. Yeah, me, as Mazibok, yeah, we are practicing Goya, we are global law. And uh, that thing still exists in my in my life, and uh, my sons, I'm going to take them there, even though my wife doesn't want our sons to go there. She's telling me about it, hey, the sons must go to hospitals. I tell her, it's not about... Uh, initiation or circumcision it's about respect how to love a woman what is done in the belong so the only culture that is abusive is only cause of people that one I'm not apologetic about that it's, it's something like Uktwala, taking a young child to be a wife that one no 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 because uh, of people uh, will forgive me I am I'm, I'm really really serious yes for me, Lebolong, we're still getting on. Maswabi, in Fountain, ma'am. Thanks, Maswabi. Please weigh in, uh, Dr. Ngobe. Maswabi speaks about Lebolong, and I'm suspecting it's uh, going to the mountain. Um, okay, Phineas is saying yes, yes, yes. Um, so it's going to uh, the mountain for male circumcision. But then Maswabi also says ah, the culture of Twala is uh, one that he doesn't agree with. Mm-hmm. Yes, in actual fact, going to the mountain was meant actually to ensure that you, you, you know boy children, um, are, you, you know they are, they are initiated to try and understand their responsibilities to the society. They are being taught on how to handle certain situations. They are taught to be responsible for men because it is understood that every household should have a man, and if things were going well there at the, at the mountain, we wouldn't be having quite a lot of these children whose fathers whose father's whereabouts are said to be unknown. You know, if you know that you are you are a man who's been to the mountain, you, you really there's no justification why you'll have give birth to a child but then run away from taking your responsibility. So that whole system was actually meant to groom a young man to understand their responsibility towards their children, towards themselves, and towards the society. I show you the one you In actual fact, it was the way in which it was meant to be done. Is done by two people who understand each other, and then and now they've gotten into that space where they want to get married, and of course then and the family of the girl will be told where to look when they are looking for their child because the child will, will have disappeared. Then they'll be told there'll be someone who will go and say ah, where, 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 where they should look for, for, for their child. So it wasn't as it is being abused by some individuals now who then just grab somebody out of, out of without any consent of the child. 
child. And that is actually a no-no. And it is, a, it is against all, all, all forms of, of human rights. So, so, so we need to be in a position to dis, uh, differentiate these. The abuse of culture and the proper ways, the way, the proper way in which the culture was being done. So, totally. Let's go to another voice note. Hello, Patricia. I admire the Muslim. Their life is like a tradition, an ethos, a culture, everything. They don't aspire after Western civilization as we do Black South Africans. Black South Africans, I mean, they aspire after modernization, which is by implication Westernization. I mean, whatever is done by Black people, I mean, if you're doing things in your, in your, in your cultural way or in your traditional way, it's like you are from backwater of civilization. To be right, you have to be modernized. And modernization, by implication, is westernization. Good evening, Etima Patricia. I'm Edward. I'm from the Suru tribe. Uh, in our culture, uh, my daughters are not allowed to stay with a boyfriend before ma- marriage. They are not even allowed to sleep with a boyfriend uh, before marriage. So uh, uh, only after marriage, that is when they can stay with the um, uh, with a boyfriend. Even my boy child is not allowed to stay with someone before marriage as well. Thank you. I think some people have been corrupted by the city. The city, there's this feeling that people must not, either must not be respected or they don't want titles of respect. Like you were saying that you can see someone who can be twice your age, you try to respect to say mama or auntie or all of that. And then they just say, I know not your auntie or what what it is if now nah, they don't want to be seen as old but go to the village where we grow up in the villages even if someone who is maybe younger than you approaching 40 already the person already if once they have a child they already they say oh i'm almost a grandmother you know the title of respect call me mama call me makulu call me tata call me tatomkulu and there is respect it's at the same all right. Uh, Dr. Ngube, a lot of uh, A-teamers are talking about uh, various uh, cultural uh, practices for raising children. But let's go to the parenting style, um, because I think it is very imperative for us to understand it, because you can't teach your children if you don't understand the sort of parent that you are. Exactly, so totally. Once you understand the, the cultural norms and values that you need to embody and, or, and that you need to also um, uh, put down for your children um, so that they get to understand them, yeah, once you understand exactly how you want you to raise your, ch- your children, then you need to find a way uh, of saying, how do I then instill these values on them? And as I indicated, there are different styles of, um, of parenting. Um, and you, you, if uh, those who did psychology uh, and, of course, um, is, 
social work, they'll know that um, this is Bombrand who speaks about authoritarian um, way of parenting. And this is one one way where it, it, there's so much the parent is, is extremely strict. You know, it's an extremely strict uh, parenting style uh, that places high expectations on the, on the children with little responsiveness from the children. So it, it is it will be that kind of a, a, a parenting style where you say, I'm a parent, you need to listen to me, you've got no word, what I say goes. So, so that we refer to as authoritarian. And that on its own is detrimental to the child. You're trying to groom the child, but in the process, the child becomes fearful of you because, because you do not relate to, to the thoughts and the needs of the child. You think what you, what you know and what you, what, what, what you know and what you're exposed to is the only best way of actually um, raising your children. So that will be one. Then there will be an authoritative style um, and the, the, the authoritative style of parenting. Parents are supportive and often in tune with their children's needs. They are supportive to their children. They understand their children's needs. Um, they guide their kids through an open, honest discussion to teach values and reasoning. This is most important. The children need to understand the value of the things that uh, are being done in their family, the value of the things that are being done in the society. And once they understand value, they are most likely to cherish it. You know, it's different from actually enforcing a, child, enforcing a particular rule or, a, or demanding of a child to do something without understanding or seeing the value. What, what is of importance for the child to understand and see the value and the reason on it. So the, the authoritarian parent will actually, you, you know, also, um, just like the authoritative, but also have limits. They know what the, the, the extent to which the child has to go. They know where the child can't, can't touch. They can't, they've got the limits when they're raising their children. Um, and then there's, there's the, the last one that is called the, the, the laissez-faire kind of parenting, what, what, what others will refer to as permissive parenting. Uh, parenting. Uh, these are the parents who, when they're looking at their children, they see them as their equals. There's not that um, age divide to say I'm older and you're younger. There are parents who, when they talk to their children, um, they, they talk to them as though they are their equals. Uh, and the child, in most cases, has got the right to do what they, they, they please. If the child chooses to come home late for as long as they know what they are doing, the, child, the parent is fine with that. They just try and um, you know teach them or highlight the dangers here and there, but they don't have limits. They are of the view that the child is a person on their own and they can think and they know what is good and what is bad for them. So those will be the three critical styles of or prominent styles of parenting for trolling. But then obviously other parents, like we cited earlier, are not really parenting. They are just, uh, you know, flying by the skin of their chins and uh, emulating very, very unsavory behavior towards their children. Sure. And that creates a society that is not good. Um, when it comes to cultural practices, I mean, there's others that we 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 have not even touched on and now i'm talking about like actual practices or rites of passage uh, i mean guess zulu there's so many um that we we practice uh, the reason why a child might need uh, a boy there's certain uh, processes that they go through and a girl and and i think it would be nice for us to to touch on some of these because these rites of passage create an awareness and an experience for the child who is going through them. 
Yes, that's that's true, and they differ so totally as you are as you are highlighting highlighting them. And um, as, as as a boy child is being taken through those kind of practices, as I indicated, even it applies in the Kosa and of course in the Tswana and so forth. So a, a, a boy child is being taught um, a, a taught exactly what it is to be a boy child and uh, and the kind of responsibilities that they have. But there's also this one that we always try and run away from because now you've got this um, human rights that will come and flash on your face. You know, when it comes to girls, you know, in Ganza they go through that whole process. And the reason why is so that they are being taught to be in a position to look after themselves. It's unfortunate that it is only done to girls because this is something that when you teach teaching girl children to look after themselves, um, to, to respect their bodies, and then you, you, you they, they, they go through virginity testing, all that should be done so that the girl is able to look after themselves. But the same should be applied to boys. So that we've got that gender balance to say, if we are teaching children to look after themselves and to respect their bodies, and the same should be done to boys because these girls that don't sleep alone, they sleep with these boys in most of the cases. So, and again, when they are grown up, you realize that they are able to, and in the, in the, in the instance of marriage, they are able to to just love this one partner and be committed to this one one partner. And in a country like ours, where we've got so a, a high rate of, um, you, you know, the prevalence of HIV is so rife and all, all, almost. Uh, it tops it tops the charts worldwide. It is important that some of these cultures really they are they they, they are encouraged. The A team earlier on spoke about you know in, in their culture it's not in their culture alone. Most African um, cultures you you know, a child is not allowed to or any person is not allowed to sleep with any other outside you know marital, marital arrangements. So that again it is meant to protect us as a society to preserve our societies. But these are some of the things as we move as we adopt some of these foreign cultures we think that no it is no longer important if one wants to sleep wherever they want let them do that unfortunately it is not good for our society and it, it has it has been you know done over and over again and you can see that our societies are failing when we talk of modernization we're talking of progression moving towards a higher level but we are not modernizing we are actually back going backwards in the name of modernization so let's go to another voice note Hey Patricia, uh, this is Sando from Cape Town. You know, while we were still young, growing up as kids, older people was used to feel of used to be offended by by us as kids when we greet them like in English, like when we say hello. You see, they would like us to say Dumela Ambahul. All right. Okay, Atima. Even now, I think we need to show that sort of respect. Um, another Atima says, another thing is that as boys, we were taught not to touch female underwear um, as boys. So there's a lot of things that um, young people need to be taught, and we need to come back to being respectful. We need to come back to uh, our cultural practices that that groom who we are as a society. Perhaps this is what uh, Dr. Ngube could take us away from some of the social ills that we are facing, especially with young younger children. I mean, we, we, we've seen how high the teenage pregnancy rate is. Um, HIV infection of young people is quite high. So there's there's quite a lot of things that are happening in our society. Um, maybe it's because we've vied away from these cultural practices. 
there is no doubt certainly that all these social ills that we we faced with had we stuck with our cultural ways of raising children most of them we wouldn't be at, at, at a space where we are now most of them in fact we can count them we wouldn't be where we are now they are just the other day i was looking at a report that was saying uh within a very short space of time uh in pretoria alone 300 girls had fallen uh, girls below the age of 14 had fallen pregnant these are school school going children fallen pregnant below the age of 14 that is unheard of and the statistics is even um, alarming is more than that if you get to look at the national picture of young people get falling pregnant because we are failing to impart these norms these values to them of saying what what, what is the value of looking after your body what is the value of staying away from 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 sexual activities at a young age the impact it has on your school performance because once you begin engaging in that then there's good ripple effect on your own school performance um and I, I, again if you look at what what uh, your the, the team are said now with reference to language you know when it comes to language and the parents get offended when they are being greeted by foreign languages it's because they are they are mindful of the fact that the minute our children lose their language, that will be the end of them. Even their own progress will be limited in that regard. We've said this in the past, totally. The only reason why Africa is always playing a catch-up game when it comes to innovation, um, ingenuity, and so forth, is because we are meant to think in a in in a language. And when I'm saying foreign, I'm saying foreign in the sense that it is not our mother tongue. I am meant to think in English. And when it comes to innovation, uh, innovation, you need to be as original as possible. You need to you, you be able to bring concepts together, understand the meaning of concepts. And through those concepts, you are able then to come up with, uh, you, you know, innovate and move forward. But you can't do that when you, you can't easily do that when you're using a foreign language. That's why you've got very few of us who, particularly the, the African race, who are able Able to stand up and say this is what I've managed to come up with. Then you get to see uh, the countries such as China and all, other, all, all the other uh, nations who that are using their own languages, and you can you see the, the rate of uh, creativity and ingenuity in those countries. It surpasses uh, that of Africa by far. We the, we, are, we, are, we are not even a, a match by uh, by any stretch of imagination because we are moving away from our own language. Imagine if you were to be if your child were to be uh, taught mathematics in IsiZulu and given the fact that they understand they understand it it becomes far much easy all these algorithms they become far much easy because they understand it in their original language but now they are still grappling with this language which is a foreign language while they are grappling with it they are asked to think and create using that language and in that way Africa will never develop until such time that we say let's go back to the roots let us try and understand and embrace our languages and everything else that we need to do especially when development is Consent. Let us do it from an, from an understanding that language plays, plays a critical role. You can, there's nothing that you can do without language, and you can never do anything progressive with a second language um, with the hope that you'll progress. So, Let me read this um, WhatsApp from Miss N, who's in Soweto. Miss N says, "Good evening, Manduli. It's very hard to practice cultural values. Uh, uh, reason being, us as parents, we bombard our kids with Western civilization. To maintain cultural values, we need to first preserve our African language and embrace them." If we win the language issue, we will be a great nation. Um, and that's exactly what you were saying, uh, Dr. Ngobe, that we need to teach our children um, our African languages. I mean, w- and I understand what uh, Ms. N is saying, 
being taken to school myself, I was never taught this is Zulu at school. And everyone around, um, I mean, you know, everyone is speaking English and uh, at school you are being taught how to read and write uh, English, Afrikaans being the second language. But I took it upon myself when I grew older that I must learn how to not only speak Isizulu, but also read Isizulu. It was never taught to me at school. And then I made the conscious decision that my children will go to a school that will teach Isizulu. And thank goodness <laughs> there was a school um, that, 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 you know, teaches Isizulu, um, not as a third language or something far removed, but as the second home language and English being the first um, language because I understood the importance of language. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but, but it goes over and beyond just language for me. Um, uh, Dogotel. And why I say this, let's remember that because we are metropolitan and we are living in the cities, we live with people who speak other languages. So we end up using um, English as a lingua franca in, in a complex, in a, um, you know, wherever, La Sala Corner, there'll be at any given time more than 11 different languages, some from South Africa, some from outside. So even if the language is not so fluent, but let our children know the cultural practices, let our children know what is acceptable as an African child and what is not acceptable. I think that is where we should, you know, be harnessing more and more. Yes, the language is important, but let's not forget that it's not just language. It's also what we teach our children. If we leave our children to, um, you know, watching cartoons the whole day and movies and playing video games, obviously that's what's going to raise them. Um, And not just language, but that's the culture they're going to adopt. True. Um, and, and this also ties back to a discussion that one, we once had looking at the issues of colonization. This was a, the whole project of colonization to ensure that 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 is African is um, taken lightly and in no time it is obliterated, you know, erased from the surface of the earth. So that as a, as a people, uh, black people, um, when we do not know who we are, then we, we don't have any relevance or we cannot revolt against any, a, any oppression. Now we are talking about this issue of language, we've been oppressed over the years. We are not revolting against it because we don't even know the value of that that belongs to us until such time that we are conscientized to understand that what belongs to us is of, of critical value. Then, unfortunately, we, there's nowhere where we're going. And uh, in actual fact, if we don't value that that belongs to us, there's no one else who's going to take interest in us unless only when they want to uh, use us or only when they want to oppress us further and further. The only time you see somebody else of else of for for, for for different um, race being getting interest in Africa is when they want to use you and then uh, you you become a, perpetually a victim uh, as it were so we need to come back and say let us value this that is ours so that anyone who comes from anywhere coming to us they will come here being interested in in who we are trying to understand the things that we do but now there is no reason why an American should come to Africa to understand what Africans do because we are no, no longer practicing what Africans should be doing. There's nothing that we value. In, in, if anything, we are mimicking Amer- Americans. Look at our university campuses. Look at how everybody is dressed. Look at how the kind of behavior, the kind of things that are being done. You go to a campus in Europe, you'll find the same things. So there's nothing uniquely African about you know the children that we are raising here. So un- unfortunately, we've lost the, uh, our identity. And without an identity, we are nothing. 
will always remain nothing. So that's why we're saying through these discussions, let us try and resend, let us try and conscientize people so that they understand who we are. So Tony. Uh, well, let's uh, wrap up our conversation, Dr. Ngube, on uh, cultural practices of raising children. Yes, as we wrap up, we're saying in, in, in our small spaces, in our spheres of influence, let us try and press that center button. That center button of saying, if I have to, you know, you know I have to understand who, who I am and I have to ensure that, you know, where, where greeting people is concerned, how do I relate to them? Um, you should understand that you need to respect another person. Don't insult, don't assault their humanity because it is what they are that also uh, makes you a better person. Um, you learn from them in as much as they also need to learn from you. Let us teach our children the right uh, moral values. Let us teach our children exactly what they should aspire to be. Let us have those aspirations and paint them out. Let the, uh, the children understand those aspirations. Let the children understand the values, um, uh, uh, our values as a people. And in that way, it is a way of actually resetting so that we go back to the center. And once we are in the center, we'll be in a position to then try and uh, you know establish a way of how we move forward as a people um, in a sense that will be also you know, um, inspire other people outside there and be loved by other people. We cannot be loved by anyone if we, are, we do not love ourselves at all. Thank you so very much for joining us, uh, Dr. Ngobe. Always such a great pleasure and very enlightening. You're welcome, Sotole. Good evening. That was uh, Dr. Mpumelelo Ngube uh, helping us navigate cultural practices of raising children. I'm sure you've learned a lot. I'm inspired to do better as a parent, and I hope that you are inspired too to teach your children the right thing. Um, let's remember that it takes a village to raise a child, so let's let's do the right thing. A-teamers, it's time for us to head on home. It's been a great Tuesday. We head to Wednesday, yes, Wednesday and uh, three minutes or so from us. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.